For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. This is uh, the Geek Show's interview with E.K. Weaver, a uh, creator and writer and artist of The Less Than Epic Adventures of T.J. and Marl. Lengthy title on that one, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer calling it Less Than Epic yourself, or is it slat on the logos, I know? Um, yeah, it used to be just called Less Than Epic in type, but I just refer to it as T.J. and Amal generally. Uh, could you briefly describe the, the setup of the comic if people haven't checked it out yet? Um, well, it's basically a very understated, uh, very leisurely paced story about a couple of guys who are complete strangers, and they meet one night in a bar in Berkeley, California, and make an agreement to drive all the way from California to Rhode Island, um, and it's everything that happens along the way, uh, romance, comedy, drama, inanity. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, it, says, it says less than epic, but it's gotten pretty epic recently. Well, it's gotten more... There's stuff going on, at least, I suppose. Um, why, why do you want to call it less than epic, uh, initially? Um, that actually came from one of the very earliest pieces of script that I wrote. Um, like I think it was only the second dialogue exchange I ever wrote between the characters. And uh, TJ was throwing out titles. He was like, yeah, we'll just we'll make a film of, our, of this trip, and we'll call it the... Uh, it was like the rollicking adventures of TJ and Amal, and Amal said something like, I don't think that sounds about right. And that's... That's where that came from, and it just stuck. <laughs> it's a good thing to stick. Uh, so how much has the story changed from the initial revisions then? Because you're saying they were making a film of it at first. Oh, that was they were just joking around, but uh, it has changed a lot. Um, like in the very early versions, I mean, this is before I even really started uh, – before I really started laying down serious script, uh, in the very early story drafts, uh, like Amal had been separated from his family for like three years. Uh, it was set in 2005 instead of 2008. Um, the car trip was from north to south instead of west to east. Uh, things like that, and it was a lot more. It was a lot more of a sexy comedy and a lot less, much less heavy on the interpersonal drama and, I guess, small interactions. It was a lot broader comedy, more goofy. Ah, I see. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so, But it's always been like a road trip, and it's always been these two characters then. Yes. Your art style is gorgeous. Uh, I was really surprised to learn that it was actually your first comic. I mean, how long have you been drawing for? Um, well, I've been drawing since I was really little. Um, it was mostly just something to occupy my time, something I did for fun. Um, but as I got into high school, I get more and more serious about it. Um, unfortunately, I never really got properly trained in drawing. So working on this comic has kind of been sort of a late in life crash course in everything that I missed. Um, and it's been very, very rewarding. I'm really happy I'm doing it. Awesome. Uh, when did you decide that you wanted to actually write less than epic? Um, well, I started cooking up the characters just for fun, uh, and I'd been kind of just messing around with these character designs. And uh, the more I played with them, the more personality they started to have. And the more personality they started to have, the more I wanted to tell their story. And uh, I eventually realized 
uh, I guess after I'd been messing with it for about six or seven months, that the comic book was the only, that was really the only format I could do it in, and that would be the best way to go. Cool. Uh, The comic seems to focus on using speech bubbles as a text medium rather than, like, uh, captions or thoughts. Is this an intentional thing? Yes. Uh, It wasn't something that, like, I made, I necessarily made a point of doing, but, and it's not something, I don't object to that in other comics, but I didn't want to do it in my own, uh, because a lot of my favorite stories in terms of film and comics and animation uh, don't tell you what the characters are thinking. You don't get to peek inside their heads. You have to figure it out from the expression on their face or from a change in body language uh, or from just very small hand motion or something like that. And that, to me, has always been so much more satisfying to see uh, than you know, a thought balloon saying, I'm really sad. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. I think um, the latest page actually shows that quite a bit with... Um TJ buckling his seatbelt. Yeah, I was, I was really happy at the response to that. Um, I it was such a tiny thing, and I kind of wondered, is anybody going to even notice this? Because the seeds for this were planted, you know, three hundred pages ago or more than that. Mm. And then everybody's like, "Oh my god, he buckled his seatbelt!" And it was kind of one of those little yes moments. Nice. Well, it it is. I can see why it's satisfying, definitely, rather than having to state things obviously. Because yeah, it's like this little thing, but the reaction is, whoa, character development, something, <laughs> something is different. You know, it's 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 something in someone's behavior, you know, psychologically different rather than someone just saying, yeah, just stating the obvious, I think. Yeah. And I like leaving that kind of ambiguous, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said in your about page that you were aiming to finish the uh, comic by early 2004. Are you still... That's 2014. Be very late otherwise. Um, 2014. Are you still on track for this goal? As far as I know, yes. Um, at the current estimate, uh, at least the way I have things outlined, there are going to be, I think, 46 chapters, and I am starting on chapter 37, or I'm actually in the middle of chapter 37. But uh, chapter 37 starts updating on the website uh, in a few days. Um, and normally, I would say it would be another six months till completion, but Chapters 37 through 46 are going to be much, much, much longer. Uh, they're probably going to top about 20 pages each. Um, so the, the concluding chapters of the story are going to be much, much longer than any of the ones that have happened before. So I have no idea if it's going to take six months or ten months or what. It might not be done till February, I'm not sure, but sometime around that point. Ah, I see. Um, how concretely planned do you have the rest of the upcoming story and like panel layouts? Um, panel layouts, not yet. Uh, the outline is completely set in stone. Um, I've gotten the line-for-line script written up through the next 30 or 40 pages. Um, but thumbnails-wise, I usually only work about five or six weeks ahead in terms of uh, website updates. Um, so that would be about 12, 12 pages ahead. Um, so I'm still in the middle of chapter 37 right now. Fair enough. Uh, it's I don't know if it's me misremembering things, but it looks like you go back and alter the pages that are on the site sometimes to make them match up with later pages. Um, there's been... Well, I do edit the pages before they go to print, um, and that's mostly art retouching. Uh, there was one actual dialogue edit uh, that I changed 
to make, let's see, how do I put this? To, there was a line that was supposed to parallel another line of dialogue between chapter 32 and chapter 34. And the dialogue in chapter 34 changed, so I ended up having to go back and edit the previous line so that they would jive with each other. Um, and that's when TJ is sitting at the gas station and he hears, uh, he hears the girl say, Oh, he hears the girl say, Oh, it's my allowance. I don't want to waste it. And the, that line was originally, Oh, it's my, it's the last of my allowance. It's got to be worth it. And, but that had to parallel, mm -hmm. uh, his, him recounting what his former boss had said to him, like, you're a waste of my time or I've wasted my time on you. I so, see. Okay, cool. Which is why he kind of laughs to himself. But other than that, I, I haven't really gone back and changed much unless it's been a tiny continuity edit for something like, uh, you know, a missing ring or in one case, TJ accidentally having six fingers or something like that. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> that, that was only up for about 30 minutes. <laughs> was that something you noticed yourself or did someone put in the comments? Hang on. No, that was pointed out to me by a very helpful reader who, uh, who has helped me with Many, many other things. I'm infinitely grateful to her. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it must be useful having people uh, comment like that. I mean, what kind of... Considering the comments aren't enabled on the actual uh, pages themselves, uh, how easy is it for you to communicate and get feedback from your fans? Oh, it's still fairly easy. Um, the main reason I don't have comments enabled on the website is because I want people to get just completely immersed in the story and there's so many tiny little details that people need to notice. I really don't want to have anything distracting from that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, people can get in touch with me on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, uh, via email, on Formspring. I mean, those are all, all that social media is linked right from the front page of the site. Um, so it's fairly easy for people to get in touch with me. And people will contact me, you know, even the same day an update goes up and goes and say, you know, oh, hey, a TJ's tattoo is missing. Or, hey, you drew... Uh, uh, this arm too big, and it'll be something that I just completely missed. And I'll be like, oh my god, how did I, oh my god, thank you. <laughs> how did I miss that? Good to have kind of, con yeah, I suppose it's constructive uh, feedback. It's rare to see that on the internet, so you've got some good fans, yeah. clearly. <laughs> that's something I also like about doing those, uh, I don't do as many live streams as I used to, but that's something that I like about doing those, is that if I mess something up, then people will say, oh, that, you know, that looks kind of strange. I'm like, oh, wow, I was so blanking out, I didn't even see that. So it's very helpful. Cool. I've been to one of your live streams as well. People are incredibly friendly, uh, which is nice, to the yeah, disembodied really... pair of hands they're watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Uh, and it's also part of the reason why I started doing, or actually the main reason why I started doing those streams is that uh, working on comics, unless you're in a studio with other comic artists, it's actually a very lonely bit of work. Um, and being able to at least be able to converse with people and still get the work done has really helped. Mm, I'll bet. I mean, um, I'm currently watching a series called Strip Search where it's reality television, but for comic artists. So it's like mm -hmm. a competition to find America's next top one. Uh, and I was watching some of the, the creators talking about it and they were saying, we thought it was a great idea at first, but then we were like, oh, drawing's a solitary experience. How do we make this into something people can watch when it's just yeah. been sitting quietly for a long time? So they've had to really work to like jazz it up. So yeah, I can see that you know it could get very quiet, very lonely at points. 
Uh, on Twitter and um, various other places, your name is Big Big Truck. I was wondering if there was a reason behind that. Um, it's kind of a long story. Uh, it's back in the mid-90s when Evangelion first came out. I was on this big nerdy message board, and I'm still in touch with a lot of people who I was on this message board with. And one of the questions was, you know, what's your favorite mecha in Evangelion? And they're like, oh, I like Unit 1, I like Unit 2. And someone said, I like Ritsuko's big, big truck. Because it's because it's big, big. And it became this inside joke. And uh, then a few years later, when it came time for me to buy a domain for my uh, art portfolio and such, I had trouble thinking of a phrase or something catchy to name it, and big, big truck popped to mind. And it's stuck ever since. And I, uh, I have to thank a Mr. Seamus man for coining the, coining the phrase to begin with. So thank you, Seamus, wherever you are. <laughs> for giving me my, my internet handle of the past 16, 17 years. <laughs> That's an awesome one. I'll credit him if he's got like a side or anything. Awesome. Uh, talking about fan interactions, you were saying in uh, the, the recent stream that you were kind of not afraid, but kind of worried to see what people's reactions were to Chapter 36 finishing. Um, why was that exactly? Because I, th I thought it finished fine. I liked the ending to it. Oh, I did too. Um, it's mainly... I guess I kind of had this worry that people would expect... I mean, it was kind of set up, and especially I hated that I had to stop and go on hiatus when I did, because it was it was a very bad point to leave off, but life happens. Um and I had a feeling that people would be expecting them to have sex, and when they didn't, that they might be angry. But I've been very pleasantly surprised. Very, 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 very pleasantly surprised, and uh, very happy that people are, have been uh, any, you know, understanding at the least and happy with it at the best. So that's great. I mean, I think. I think it works for TGL Null, definitely. There are other comics that may have some flack if they did that, but um, it's this thing that it's not a typical kind of LGBT comic or a, a gay comic or a, a yaoi or anything. Uh, mainly they don't sparkle or anything. Uh, <laughs> blush doesn't cover the entire That's thing. a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> sequel. Vampires, the road trip. Um, yes. <laughs> but no, it is, it's a mature adult story. It's like... Um, a book called Antique Bakery, which I quite like, where it's... Oh, that's one of my favorite manga. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Actually, uh, uh, that was a huge inspiration. Um, I read Antique Bakery about a year before I started on TJ Namal, and I just... Every every year or so, I'll go back and reread it from start to finish, and Volume 4 still slays me with how everything finally comes together. It's just marvelous. I only started on it recently. I've got Volume 2. Oh, it's well, it away, oh no, it's, it's cool, it's cool. Uh, I've read Volume 1, and Volume 2 is currently in the post, uh, to where I'm going to be living because I'm moving house tomorrow. So I just have to wait, which sucks. Um, but no, looking forward to all the more. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's uh, TJML is like uh, Antique Bakery in that, yes, there is a gay couple in it. Well, there is some gayness in it, I suppose. Um, but it's not the central theme so much as the journey of the characters. And so I can see, yeah, attracting a different set of people and being just more of a mature thing, that not having sex is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally an option. I mean, as a British guy, especially, it's interesting learning a, just a bit about how normal American stuff happens. I don't know. 
know how much of this is actually normal American stuff. But... Oh, yeah, leaving the whole DJ's backstory behind, you know, probably. <laughs> but, you know, like, trips from places to places. Like, at first I was like, I, I don't even know how long a journey this is, but yeah. clearly quite a few days by road trip, which is much more of an American thing than an English thing, because obviously yeah. <laughs> the country's pretty small. It's not really a road trip so much as just a trip. Yeah, and that's, uh, if they hadn't, like, without stopping to dilly-dally around, like, if they just stopped and spent the night in a hotel, like, and drove, you know, several hours each day and didn't stop and have any adventures along the way, it probably would have wound up being about a four- or five-day trip. Um, and as it is, they're kind of meandering about, so it takes a little over eight days. Fair enough, that's cool. I mean, you could kind of do a similar thing in England, but a lot of comedians do it with tours. I think the only one who's managed... Uh, is Dave Gorman, but he did because he travelled by bike, and so oh, he was wow. able to go. It'll take an it'll take a day to get to this small village just up the road, you know. But yeah. That was uh, one of the questions I got kind of early on. Was someone was like, "Are you trying to send a message? Like, how much of your personal views uh, are you trying to push with this comic?" And uh, I'm a huge proponent of bicycling, um, like bike accessibility, everything like that. And I was like, God, if I did that, then it would be TJ Namal biking across the United States, and the story would be 20 times longer and more <laughs> ridiculous. And there would be, you know, like in spandex the whole time, and then, uh, like, end up camping out by the side of the road, getting blown out tires. And I was like, that's a story for another time. That's going to say, amazing. that's the sequel. Lovely <laughs> vampires on cycle. <laughs> biking through the Rockies. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Actually, uh, speaking of which, do you mind, um, considering that it's like a mature tale, it's about the journey and everything, do you mind if people refer to it as like a gay comic or if someone referred to it as a yaoi? I just think that that doesn't fit at all, the yaoi at all, but how would you react to people like shortening it down to kind of say, oh, it's a gay comic or oh, it's a yaoi comic? Um, I actually, I used to get kind of hung up, well, not hung up, but I used to get a little miffed at people calling it yaoi. Um, but one, well, the main thing is if, if I make it, if I do the best I can and make it the best story that I can, if I make it really strong, it'll break through that label. Um, but there's also the issue of it was originally cooked up or TJ, the character of TJ was originally cooked up to make fun of Yahweh. <laughs> so it kind of has its origins there. Uh-huh. Um, there was, I actually developed I first started designing TJ. I just recently dug up these old sketchbook pages. Um, I'm planning on printing a like supplemental book of development and concept sketches um, when the book's done. Uh, and I found these sketches from when I first started developing TJ. And it was for there was a Yaoi manga store that said, "Hey, design us a mascot, and we'll you know you get fifty free dollars of Yaoi manga or something like that." And I happened to see that ad. At a time when I had finally, I'd been reading a lot of Yaoi manga, and I had just finally reached the point where I was so disillusioned with it and so tired of a lot of the tropes, and I was just like, I'm going to send in a mascot. I'm going to design this guy with knobby knees and scruffy facial hair and big Hunter S. Thompson glasses, and he's going to be this giant goofball. And then, of course, you know, I drew this character, and I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Then I put it to the side, and I was like, I didn't think about it for months. And uh, then I came back to it, and I was like, well, if this was going to be a BL manga, hmm. <laughs> and then it sort of got out of control. 
Well, that's a great thing, really. I mean, it does. Um, Lesson Epic does subvert a lot of things about Yowie. For starters, <laughs> I do like on your about page there is like frequently asked questions. Who tops? Do not ask this. <laughs> but I like that it's not obvious, which is you know a subversion of itself because normally it's whoever shortest is the bottom. Yeah. It's like. Well, and, and the thing that gets me about that question is it's actually answered in the text if you pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not like you know oh I'm the weeping feminine the luke and oh I'm the big angry semi but it's the answer to that is actually there. Mm-hmm. But people people repeatedly ask it and I've I've just gotten very I've gotten very tired of that particular trope and so the way I've been handling it uh, on. Tumblr, in particular, is every time someone asks that, it has to be answered with lyrics from a 90s rap song. <laughs> that's like that's the official policy on that question. That is ingenious. Well, it, actually, it's just because I really like 90s hip-hop, and that's the only reason I do that. <laughs> it's also fun. Fair enough. That's a, that's a great way to just talk about hip-hop for some reason. You know, do what you want. <laughs> I think, was Salt and Pepper part of 90s hip-hop? I do like salt and pepper. I have yeah, push it and and uh, shoop and all that stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Good to bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> no, push it was '88, I think. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> another conversation for another time. Yes. <laughs> or a South by Southwest panel. I actually, I, we spent most of yesterday hanging out with a hip hop artist and comics fan at South by Southwest, so that was a that was a big thrill. Ah, cool. Uh, do you want to promote which one? Or? Uh, yes, rap legend Jesse Dangerously. He's out of Halifax. And uh, if you have heard of... He doesn't really consider himself a uh, nerdcore, but if you have heard of other nerdcore artists, you may have come across his work. Um, and I highly recommend that you check it out. He's an awesome guy. Cool. I will do. Uh, what are your thoughts on sex and nudity in a non-pornographic comic? It's the thing that... Um, other authors, I think, that if they made uh, Less Than Epic as you, you had them, they would have probably tried to make it safe for work just to try and, I don't know, keep within certain audience uh, abilities. Um, you know, cutting off and censoring at certain points and everything off screen. Less Than Epic isn't porn, but it does have sex. I'm just wondering how you feel about being, like, between. Um, it has presented its own set of difficulties, uh, but at the same time, I guess that's one of the advantages of doing webcomics and being self-published, which is that I don't have to tailor it to suit any editorial restrictions um, or audience restrictions. Uh, the main reason why all of that, like why there is sexual content is the sexual content that is there, I mean, the explicit stuff that's in there, it's still moving the characters forward. And there are, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, you know, shutting the camera down in there. But, to put it delicately, I think there are times when, if there's a sexual interaction happening, that, like, panning away or censoring it, you know, with a plant or something like that would be more jarring than actually showing what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so the end result is something that's not, uh, it's kind of not consistently explicit, I guess, will be the, the phrase. Because for the most part, you know, it's the facial expressions and the dialogue that's important, but then there's sometimes where it's like, okay, well, you need to know what's happening here, and I'm not going to stick, like, a potted plant in front of it, so there you go. And I'd still say, if it was if it was a film, I'd still say it was probably the equivalent equivalent of an R rating rather than NC-17, but 
it's it kind of straddles the line and that it has presented problems but i i honestly don't think i would have done it any other way mm-hmm. i do like the way that it's done as well it's it like you say it's happening whenever they have actual development to do the plot line's still carrying on which is yeah. more true to life i think because you you do talk at the beginning and at the end and often during sex just because <laughs> That way, you know what's happening. You know, it, it, yeah. it just kind of feels... and it's part of these characters' lives. It's not, and that's. It's also used to show, you know, some some of the ways they interact, uh, some of their insecurities and fears. Uh, the more I worked on those scenes, uh, it's it's funny because a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're going to draw porn. This is great," and I'm like, "You have no idea. This is actually the most difficult part um, because it has to be handled. I have to handle it so delicately." And I mean, artistically, you have to be—you have to work really hard on it because if the anatomy is off, it'll throw everybody out of the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the dialogue can't be too cheesy, and I have to really feel out—you know, okay, where does that forward momentum stop? Um, like this might—this might be getting kind of adult here, but uh, in chapter 15, there's a scene where Amal's giving TJ. A and I don't, you know, that doesn't show the entire rest of the thing. It just shows where everything's kind of getting started because once it reaches that point, then there's no more, there's no more exchanges. There's no more character information coming across mm-hmm. that hasn't already come across in the previous pages. So that's where that ends. Makes but, sense. And it keeps in tune with the whole, with the realism to not shove the camera down there because <laughs> it's the thing that people often forget is that no matter how bad actors they are, important people are actors. They're doing what looks good. No one will ever do anything like that in actual sex. You do what feels good. So yeah, realism makes sense. Uh, back to your back to your now famous about page. Um, you say that you're chaotic neutral on it. Now the neutral I can get behind, but what's chaotic you think about yourself? I honestly don't remember <laughs> writing that part. I think that was. I'd actually say I'm more lawful neutral these days, but. <laughs> I was going to say. Honestly, I honestly can't remember why I wrote that. I do remember the part about the heat shield and why I wrote that. It's because I live in, in Austin, Texas, where it's blazing hot five months out of the year. Ah, I but, see. <laughs> and any temperatures below about, I'm trying to think of the Celsius equivalent, <laughs> any temperatures below about uh, 25 Celsius, I'm like, oh, God, it's so cold. Uh, we're, in, we're in England where basically we don't really have consistent temperature zones like America does, so it's interesting hearing about things like that because... I don't know if you've uh, visited before, but our weather just kind of goes from one end of the spectrum to the other randomly throughout the day. Yeah, I I visited London back in the late 90s, and it was like, within a couple days, it was just like, okay, light jacket, umbrella, you know, be able to put those in your purse, just (laughs) interchange those as needed. Yep, it's a skill that you require after a while. (laughs) Is there anything that you'd like to say to your fans before we finish up? Um... Thank you very much for reading, and thank you for watching this interview, and uh, I hope that you'll stick with the comic and enjoy it to the very end, and I appreciate you guys so much. (laughs) (laughs) We certainly will do, definitely. Oh, and uh, in the print version, I know you said there was a number of chapters. How many uh, books or volumes will be printed as, do you know? There will be three. Uh, Volume 1 has chapters 1 through 13, Volume 2 has chapters 14 through 29, and Volume 3 will be chapter 30 on the way through the end. And hopefully, this is still kind of up in the air, but hopefully I will be able to print a collected edition uh, at some point in the future as well. Awesome. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, in that case, thanks so much for talking to me. It's been awesome meeting you, and I look forward to uh, the next update. Great. Thank you so much.
For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.